Hey, Gabriel Blake. Hey, Gabriel Jose. Where are we today? Please tell me that you move. I'm finally sitting in the armchair. I finally moved positions. That's a lie. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that we had the video version also out there so people could see what a fat ass liar you are. <laughs> That's true, I am. Uh, but yeah, you're still in the same place in San Francisco. I'm still in the same place in Chicago. Uh, I don't tell people where I am. You, you stick to your own location. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. You're absolutely fair. I called you out in the past. You are a grown man. You can talk about like, your geographical location. If you want to give like, your GPS coordinates to the audience, it's also fine. It's up to you. That's a little much, but I am in San Francisco today. So. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, I'm also in Chicago, as most of the time. Uh, and maybe... I don't know. I mean, we're still probably when this goes out, I'm going to be like regretting this, but this feels weird that the fall is lasting longer than anticipated. And it feels a bit more like summer. When this comes out, probably it's going to be in December and probably we'll have like a feet of snow and minus 10 Fahrenheit degrees. So. You chose to live in the Midwest, man. That's on <laughs> I heard from people that it's like pretty cold right now in the Bay Area. Just saying. It's in the 40s. Good lord. I'm cold all the time now. All the time. So some people actually moved from the Midwest and they took the Midwest with them. Yeah, clearly. That's your case. Yeah. So uh talking about like taking things with you, uh this time it was my pick and I pick Cosway. I think that this is like we never do it, is that you always introduce the title of the movie. So sorry for throwing you off. Uh, this is your pick. You can take it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a 2022 movie with Jennifer Lawrence, directed by Lila. I don't know how to pronounce that last name. Lila Neuchbauer. Sure. <laughs> it's a good way, like any. Uh, and this is actually her first movie. I did watch, so she directed The Sex Lives of College Girls. I actually watched that show. Um, it was pretty but, entertaining. But she directed one episode. Oh, it's just one episode? It says she's known for The Sex Lives of College Girls. One episode, she directed an episode of May, she directed an episode of Room 104. So, I don't know, it looks like, besides that, everything, the rumor of for is 2018, but everything else is 2021, so it looks like she's actually starting her career now. Um, but I pick it because uh, I really like Jennifer Lawrence, and we discussed like, multiple times about how Hollywood treats pretty poorly uh, their women. Uh, how they only pay attention to them while they're still young and just playing a specific roles and when they get to a specific age is that they just basically disappear men still have a career after 35 years old but jennifer lawrence i just felt like she worked with aranowski and her career just disappeared i I mean, you're not wrong, but she did have a baby, and then the pandemic happened, so I feel like nobody really made movies for three years. That's true, but it's like if you think about like the average time between having a baby and going back to acting, usually it's not that long. I think that she was like traumatized by working with Aronofsky, let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, she's gone on record about that. 
Um, I, yeah, I don't blame her. But uh, in any case, I was like really curious. I, she had Don't Look Up last year that it was bad. It was probably one of the worst movies that I ever seen that it was nominated to the Oscars. I didn't even finish watching it. I was like, okay, I get, I get it. No thanks. But the thing is, well, okay, we're not talking about that movie, but is that you have a cast that includes Kate Blanchett, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Timothy Salamat, Meryl Streep. Blanchett's in it? Yeah. And you create this garbage. Adam McKay, if you are listening to this, you don't deserve to work on this industry. You don't. Is that you're doing you like more Meryl damage. Streep, and that's what you made? You had Kate Blanchett, you had Jennifer Lawrence, Leonardo DiCaprio is like actors that they are like consistently amazing. And this is what you create. I mean, I remember that Ariana Grande was also there and it was like Seth, Seth Rogen? No, not Seth Rogen, uh, Jonah Hill. And apparently Jonah Hill ad-libbed like 90% of his lines. Apparently he's really good at like improv. I didn't yeah. find him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you actually go for that type of movie, I guess, like it can be like they could pick but everyone else is like they are in a different movie he said they thought that this was going to be a different movie so yeah adam mckay i'm sorry i think that along aaron sorkin you're like two people that i don't really stand um but we're not talking about him <clears throat> this time maybe one day we should uh we're talking about like the return to form of jennifer lawrence with a highly dramatic movie Sorry, a highly dramatic A24 design for the festival's movie. This is a festival film. It feels like a festival film. Um, okay, I'll summarize. And thank you for making me subscribe to Apple TV. I now have 7,000 subscriptions. What's Severance? I actually saw it. I might. Okay. All right. So, Causeway centers on Jennifer Lawrence's character whose name is Lindsay. Lindsay was a soldier in Afghanistan and her car uh, was blown up by an IUD and then as she was trying to leave the car, she saw all of her fellow soldiers getting shot down as they ran away from the vehicle so she couldn't anyway. She had a traumatic brain injury, lots of other injuries so she's sent home for recovery so she has to move in with her mother her mother they don't give a lot of information on but she seems to have a little bit of a drinking issue she's always with men um she's not reliable at all she always lets down Lindsay. and she loaned the mom loans Lindsay her truck so she can work um Lindsay wants to work cleaning swimming pools until she's cleared to go back to Afghanistan. She really wants to go back where, as she says, she's useful. Um, the truck breaks down. She takes it to a shop. In the shop, she meets a very, very nice man named James. James lost his leg, so they immediately kind of bond a little bit first over his kindness and second over their trauma uh they each have significant trauma from events that may or may not have been each other their own faults um and the 90 minutes of the movie is basically conversations between the two of them um 
we find out how he lost his leg. We find out Jennifer Lawrence is a lesbian. She's desperate to leave this town. She's desperate to go back to Afghanistan, but she, really she's desperate to leave her mother's place. She what can't. town do you see? I have no idea. None at all. New oh, New Orleans. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, so they live in New Orleans. And that's basically the movie? Yep. Yeah. It's not a, a lot of stuff happens. It's more like character development about like how mostly the development or the growth is on Jennifer Lawrence. But we are never given, as you say, is that we're never given like the full picture of the relationship with the mother. Is that why she abusive? Did they have, I don't know, like, did she have like boyfriends that they were like just coming over and being abusive to them? It's, like, it's a bit more of she was not there for important stuff and she bailed, she was like flaky with them. But it almost feels as we actually have like the revelation because a part of me was feeling is, oh my God, is that this movie has like a character twists about like one more thing about this character when they go uh, sorry spoiler alert is that when they go to the prison and we see the brother yeah because she has a him. brother who's a junkie an addict and a dealer yeah and he's also deaf and she starts like just talking with sign language it's like this completely new information that we didn't have before so it's a bit more about like they give you like tidbits of the characters that they don't develop much about it. That a part of me feels is like, did they cut parts of this movie? I suspect, you're completely right, and I suspect that whoever wrote the script, I should look up who wrote the script, um, wanted us to get to know the characters in the same way that Lindsay and James get to know each other. It's not a full picture, you're meeting them at one point in time, you get information that's important about that character in this moment specifically um but we're never really given the whole picture as you said about anyone or anything yeah and in the end she gets cleared to go back to afghanistan and she chooses not to for the time being and we just assume these characters will keep growing together and that's all we know yeah yeah, we see like at the beginning, I don't know if you mentioned it, but she's in a recovery house that is like basically the house of the of a nurse that is like full time dedicated for a sort of like for her to just get back to being functional. Uh, I felt that there was going to be some lasting relationship from there. Um, it felt like super transactional about like they dedicated a lot of time to that nurse and their relationship and and that to be honest was the only like storyline that emotionally resonated with me because Jennifer Lawrence seems to have verbal aphasia like I haven't read that anywhere but um, I know a lot about verbal aphasia because my dad had a traumatic brain injury two years ago mm -hmm. he has a hard time coming up with words like he knows what he wants to say but he has a hard time saying it so Jennifer Lawrence just kind of has verbal diarrhea she says what she's thinking with this woman and yeah. It exposes her as being vulnerable, and this woman is incredibly kind and had a hard life. And I was like, "Oh, this is like an like I'm enjoying this. It's not easy or fun to watch, but it's there's something here." Yeah. And then they just decide not to do that the rest of the film. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Is like, well, I mean, he does. She still does a couple of times. So, for example, when they are on the swimming pool, 
like both of them, uh, like the main characters. And uh, a spoiler alert is like we we just decided we're going to be like spoiling everything that we watch. Is like and she kisses him, Lindsay kills Jim, and he's like, hey, I thought that you were a lesbian. What is happening here? It's like, oh, you know, I just felt pity for you. Is that's like pretty wrong to say something like that? You know, it basically devastated there. Very strange, the whole lesbian, non-lesbian thing, because she comes out to him as being gay. And she's like, I just wanted you to know this. He's totally fine with it. She never dates anyone in the film. It's just not part of the story. And then she kisses him. It felt very, very strange. I don't, well, I didn't the, the thing is, like, if you're not going to be like developing more of that aspect of the character, why do you do it? Is that he, she could actually have said the saying, the, the thing of, hey, look, I'm not interested in you as a potential romantic partner. For whatever reason, is I'm not. And then when she actually kisses him, she could say, look, I'm sorry. I I was like, just carried away. And it would have like the same impact, but it's like just making her a lesbian without developing that part. It just feels like more gratitude. The same way as actually just getting to prison and using sign language, he's like, that's cool, but you're not developing anything. You give me more about the brother, about like what kind of challenges he had to face. And it's great to just leave you guessing. But one thing is like leaving you guessing, and the other one is like just using things so randomly that they don't bring anything to the story. I agree. I think her being a lesbian made no sense, it served no purpose. And the brother being deaf served absolutely no purpose. Like their conversation could have been using speaking voices and it would have been the exact same, the exact same. I don't, I don't, I feel like those were just like A24 moves. Okay, we'll, we'll distribute this. She needs to be gay and the brother needs to be deaf and that final scene needs to be in sign language. Deal? Okay, let's do it. Yeah, no, you're right. You're about that. It's like, I think that I mentioned it the previous time that it's like we're we're living a world right now that Netflix is crapping out content. We know that. Oh, it's like, every yeah. platform. It's but ridiculous. that's the problem. Is that I just feel like everyone is doing that, and it's just strange because you have like platforms like HBO that they actually became famous for. It's like we don't crap out content. It's like we may do only like three new series a season, you know, or four new series, and we want to focus on the quality. But as we just move into a binge, everything, move on, it's like the zeitgeist last like two days about like when something is like super popular and then we move to something else, is that everyone is like just trying to capture like those two days of something is popular, it gets consumed by everyone and realizes the connotation span has become like so small that I feel like all if you want to stay relevant, you have to do that. You have to come up with an algorithm of this is how you make a movie that is popular. And this falls a bit into the category of a small story of broken people going through dramatic experience and coming to terms with it. Like last time in the bedroom. Or you know, like God's creatures like some time ago. That is a of course let's just leave God's creature on the side, but at least uh 
in the bedroom is pretty clear that it's like there is something to say here there is like care for the characters it's not so much as you were saying like a checklist of your characters have to behave in this kind of way we have to have like these specific aspects of the story for just making it like more tensional i thought that they were going to be using more racial tension they didn't but i assume also is that this movie is like from 2000 like when the story happens is 2010 i don't know 15, before the pandemic that's when it's supposed to take place no i don't think that they say the uh, the year but they make a big point the reason why i realize is like this has to be new orleans is because that stadium that we see at the beginning the mercedes-benz stadium is that that's like pretty iconic and it's no longer the mercedes-benz stadium it is to be like four or five years ago. So is that they made an effort for it's like this movie doesn't take place now. Yeah, so it's interesting that you compared in the bedroom and God's creatures. And the complaints that you had, more so you than me, about it just being a kind of by the book with tragedy without giving us any information. Uh, that's kind of this movie. It was like a paint by numbers almost. They're like, okay, you're going to put sad girl with sad boy with bad parents. I, yeah. There's nothing more to this film. Um, honestly, like, I have the patience for this sort of film when it's remarkably well done. And this film isn't like poorly made or anything. There's just nothing remarkable about it. And so I didn't have much tolerance for the slow, long conversations. I didn't care about any of the characters except that nurse. I, I thought she was such a good character, strong character. Um, and if I had to pick one adjective to describe this movie, I would just say kind of boring. I was going to say forgettable. That's a better one. Completely forgettable. <laughs> I don't understand what drew Jennifer Lawrence to this. I mean, James, I can't ever remember the name of the guy, Brian Tyree Henry. He's an exceptional actor. Like, they both are good at acting. They just weren't given enough in terms of the script to elevate this to anything besides kind of just... Like, imagine if a, a highbrow soap opera... Like, that's it. It's just like, oh, tragedy. Mm -hmm. No, because the thing is, I think that soap opera goes for a bit of an impact and a bit of a, you couldn't expect what happens next and this kind of escalation. And here is that nothing happens, you know, even nothing like happens. nothing. It's a bit more about like did like the nurse, for example, like the nurse is just a vehicle for Jennifer Lawrence to actually Jennifer Lawrence character. I want to detach her from her <laughs> from the character about like just showing that kind of verbal diarrhea that you were talking about. Is I see doesn't deserve it, but she's actually doing this just for a way of displaying that this is a character that is angry, that anger is under center, you know, about like discomfort and just like not being, I don't know, like happy. Is like that she's never going to be like happy and she tries to run away from things, like just to the point of just risking their life. It's not about like patriotics or whatever other, you know, like made up concepts. It's more about like she's not happy and this like the easiest way to just go away as far as possible. And it's like just she's going to be like damaging people, but it's not even like a development of the Hedgehog dilemma kind of thing. Now, there's not enough to this film to even really dissect it. I mean, 
it's a lot of conversations between two sad people. Uh, but, uh, it's a, it's a not compelling conversations either. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, I never felt like this was... How do you say? The same way that we were saying, like in the bedroom, I could resonate with the pain that the parents were going through. And this one, I didn't really resonate too much with them because I was not giving enough. I was not giving like enough meaningful development, you know, or about like that kind of is like a meaningful, important slice of life portrayal that it would make me care about the reality that they live in. Yeah, I completely agree. And like they make it clear throughout the film that she didn't join the army because she was passionate about dams. She's in charge of a dam in Afghanistan yeah. or protecting our country, whatever that means when you invade another country. Yeah. Um, clearly she's running away from something and it's sad that her brother's in prison she loves him but they never really go into why she left like there's just we're not given anything we don't understand their motivations we don't understand i don't know i was very disappointed with this film yeah and i i don't know it is like a bit more of a, st a stylistic choice but in god's creatures we also have like a bit of a i don't give you everything about the character and I don't know if they expect that it's like the audience are going to be like filling the gaps and they're going to be like resonating in their own personal ways with these characters. And for me, I just feel that dude, this is like lazy screenwriting. If you cannot flesh out your characters, that's your job, it's not mine. You are here for yeah. just telling me a story, not for telling me complete the story for me. In the way that we were critical of In the Bedroom, not not super critical, but we said this film isn't amateurs, but you can tell it's kind of a first-time effort in certain areas. This feels like, honest to God, it felt like a film student's senior thesis that thinks he's super deep, but really he's just coming from like upper middle class American, hasn't experienced anything ever, and knows there's a war in Afghanistan, so he writes a character about Afghanistan. Like there's nothing, there's nothing profound. There's nothing. There's just nothing to this film. Yeah, I yeah, I fully I fully agree with you. <laughs> like calling it out, you know, about like the background even of the cinema maker, you know, the filmmaker. I I don't know. I wouldn't go like that far, but I love that read. Uh should we go over the questions? Uh yeah, I mean there's nothing Yeah, we I think that I, I could fill it out like without even like going over the questions, but uh, would you watch it again? For me, I don't think that there is any reason that I would actually just go back to uh, this specific movie. Uh, would you recommend it? No. Nope. I cannot foresee any situation where I would actually bring it up, except someone asking me, like, hey, what is the worst movie that you have watched with Jennifer Lawrence? And I would still go with Mother before this. <laughs> so it's not even like as bad as that. Yes. You have to admit Mother's better than this. I was so pissed. Do you remember like when they actually turned on the light? Because we went to the cinema together to watch this in opening night. You sure did. Yeah. And I remember like just when they turned on the night, I remember like just watching at you, you know, like just looking at you and just staring, like just saying, I know. No, dude. The movies no. we've seen together in movie theaters have been like, let's be cops in Infomaniac, part one and part two. Mother. We also watched that movie that I never remember the title of, of the priest in uh, Scotland. That one was one good one. We also saw Calvary. Um, I'm so excited. God, yeah. Calvary was the movie that I never remember. Maybe we should rewatch Calvary one day. That's a good movie. Yeah. 
Uh, sorry, let me just go back to uh, to the questions. I was just like looking at all the stuff. Uh, would you remember it? That I watched a movie about two sad people. Yes, I will remember that. Would you like... would you connect the title of the movie with the two sad people? You know, with the concept of the two sad people. Or someone would say like Cosway, and you would be like. What? Like in a year, if you said, "Hey, what do you remember about Causeway?" I literally won't even be able to think about the movie at all because it makes no sense. The title. <laughs> what was that? Because he was driving in the Causeway when he had the accident. Yeah, uh, for me it was like one moment, you know, like similar to Gus Kutcher, but like he said the title. He said the title of the movie. <laughs> but at least in Gus Kutcher, they try to be like more RC and elevated about it, you know. In this, this one, is a literal causeway. Hers was a metaphorical causeway. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> but they were going through the same pains in life. Uh, so you you will remember it. Yeah, because it's essentially, if you've seen the trailer, you can't forget anything about this film. Because I mean, there is nothing else. There's nothing to it. <laughs> uh, is there? I mean, I, I won't remember it 100%. I think that part of me, I watched it two days ago, I think. Part of me already forgot it. I'm going to write you on Friday and be like, what was that film we watched? <laughs> Sally, where's the title? Sometimes you do that. Uh, is there anything artistic about this movie? About Cosway? I mean, my inclination is to say no, because it's not a good film. But I would argue the acting is good. Like, she's a believable lesbian, even though it has no relevance to anything. And uh, James is, is stunning, to be frank. I really enjoyed this say that he's a stunning and don't disagree with that part but uh i think i think that they do as as much as they can with the limited role that they are given but i don't think that either of them elevates them as something memorable they may still be nominated to the oscars but this is like one of those situations that i don't even think that they save the movie no, they don't save it. This, this movie is not possible to be saved. And honestly, I was very disappointed that this film confirms my initial impression of Apple TV, that they produce the same tripe that Netflix does. It's all just... Sometimes you might have an above-average thing, but overall it's just kind of garbage production. Um, but, uh, I mean, the theme, the theme that I would say is that uh, they, buy, they buy these movies, at least with the one that won last year, like this super, also with the Dev family coda, yeah. you know, is that it's a bit more about like, hey, they went to a festival, I don't know if it was Sundance, and they say like, this movie, we're going to get distributed to this one. They didn't. They do originals, like they don't produce their own shit. The other one was not produced by them. I don't know if this one was produced or not. But that They're one. Like the morning show. They, they make Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The TV shows they do, like uh, Severance, that you have to watch for the love of God. Now that you have like the platform, you have to watch it. Is that that's like completely made by them? For all mankind, uh, Ted Lasso, is that all of those shows, they are like made by them, like produced by them. Sorry. Um, but yeah, like going back to this, it's like I. I agree with you that they are going with a very safe, slightly RC, hard, warming ease. 
yeah. appearance of artsy without being artsy. Yeah. So I go with. Sorry, we were talking about like, uh, is there anything artistic about it? For me, it's a no. Are you going with Jess? Yes, I think okay. the performances were good. Okay, cool. Uh, sorry that I was writing this. Uh, is it a timeless piece? <laughs> Shit is always timeless. <laughs> sure. I mean, in terms of like, will this story be the same in a hundred years? Yes, but I feel like them jumping on to the Afghanistan vet thing is timely. I'm gonna say timely. Nobody's gonna consume this shit in five years. <laughs> I, I'm going to go with this timeless from the perspective that uh, there is, there will always be wars and there will always be people that they want to run away from the situation that we have. You know? Yeah, I mean, the themes are timeless, but the film itself to me feels firmly rooted in a pandemic area in the United States. Albeit is set in a time before the pandemic. That's true, but I think we've seen the filmmaking. Quality of filmmaking in the last two, three years has <laughs> taken a nosedive. You know, you know this year they, they sorry, you know when these movies should have been released for having a chance? Like the year of Nomad Land. <gasps> they could have won Best Picture. <laughs> <laughs> I still think that Norman Line is better than this. Francis McDormand elevates that movie. I still haven't seen it, but it just looks so boring. Yeah, it's not like, I mean, the thing, well, it doesn't matter. We're not talking about our movie. If you want to watch it and pick it up for this, I may rewatch it again. Uh, could you turn Cosway into a TV show? Absolutely not. <laughs> A strong no, like capital no. I, I wouldn't either. It's like I, it lasts like 90 minutes. I think that I told you this, like we watch it, it's yeah. 90 minutes. It's the right length. You know, but like you're going to be like watching a movie 90 minutes for doing this, more than enough. No need to If they turn this into a TV show, it would be one of those that had a lot of hype and then gets canceled after two episodes because nobody watched it. Is that they was like the pilots and probably like the critics say that it's like, it's beautifully stunning, like a new standard on TV making. And no one who was the second episode is like, I don't want to be bored for 45 minutes of my life. Uh, could this have been a short? Yep. It could have been like 30 seconds, a minute. <laughs> I, mean, I couldn't go that far, but definitely you can just like get the same emotional package in 15 minutes. Oh yeah, like honestly, all joking aside, five to seven minutes is the right length for this film. <laughs> five to seven, okay. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, do you think this could be, have been better? Uh, if there had been a script, maybe? <laughs> yeah. Uh, everything about this could have been better. Well, maybe maybe this is a situation similar to what we're talking about, Jonah Hill and Don't Look Up, and the actors were actually leaving their sentences, all of the script. Everything was like improvised a lot the way. That would that would be pretty impressive. Jennifer Lawrence just came up with that shit off the top of her head. I mean, it's not uh, great. Well, I mean, maybe that was how the character became a lesbian. <laughs> She's like, I know, I'm gay. <laughs> I could be like extremely racially insensitive right now, or I could be a lesbian. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I don't know. Is there anything else to say about this or super score it? Uh, 
let's just score it. I don't want to waste any more time on this movie. It's just, it's not great. Skip this one, everyone. Yeah. So this was my pick. Uh, what is what is your score? I'm gonna say a three point five. Three point five. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go with a four point five. Oh wow. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I think that this is a bit more, not really on us, but a bit more of a we're more snobbies. I will say that this is, it didn't succeed, but its attempt at being artsy is admirable in a day where most things are made by algorithms. But I, mean, algorithms that's, but, but I feel like this is actually an algorithm that is behind this. I think it is too, but it's like, I don't think Netflix is probably going to put out something like this. So they tried. It didn't succeed, but it is a little bit different than like the Santa Clarita diet. That's true. I mean, let's see exactly like your peak later, you know, because it actually falls into that category. Uh, so, but for me, I just feel like, hey, we have watched enough shows, enough movies for actually just seeing that it's like, hey, this is. I don't know. I mean, this could have been more. If you have never watched like a movie of this style, maybe this is decent, but I just had the feeling that it's like one of those appealing to the crowds with the lowest potential effort. Yeah, I can see that. So is this a movie that I had the feeling, I don't know what is the score in Rotten Tomatoes, but I had the feeling that it would be like pretty good in Rotten Tomatoes. Why do you shit on Rotten Tomatoes every podcast? It's an 85. You know, like from the perspective that it's like, it's, it's easy to say, it's like, this is not a bad movie, but it's not amazing. It's just okay. It's hard to actually say that it's bad. I'm surprised that you went with a 3.5. I was starting like my my uh, scale at 5.5 and it started like just decreasing to 4.5 as we talk more and more about it. All right, I can see your score. Uh, so I'm not saying, I just feel like it's a, it's not a failure of the movie, it's a failure of us as a society. Oh yeah, this is the shit people want to consume. It's the shit that a computer figured out humanity wants. <laughs> humanity that don't want a Marvel movie wants. Yes, exactly. So, I don't know. Uh, from that perspective, I just feel like it doesn't reflect sadly on the movie or on the on the cast or anyone that produces it reflects sadly on us as the audience as like we have been modeled even for artsy fartsy stuff thank you Edwin maybe that's the art of this film is it was a hold, holding a big mirror up and saying look at you you pathetic piece of shit this is what you want <laughs> we actually decoded Sundance <laughs> this is what it came back uh, no no it's it's what it is. It's what it is. Uh, anything else that we should say about Kazui? Nope, I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks. No thanks. Uh, so we're gonna be watching this. We are going to be watching. Well, this comes with a caveat. You might be traveling. There's the question about availability in movie theaters. So we are targeting to watch Bardo, False Chronicle. 
of a handful of truths mm-hmm. um, in your Ritu. Um, as a backup, just in case, if you end up traveling, we can't see it in theaters, we'll watch 12 Angry Men. Oh, sure. Yep. That'd be good. I love the, uh, the fallback. I love Alejandro Gonzalez in Ritu. And, you know, it's a Netflix movie. What could go wrong? It's a great director. I mean, what was his last film? The black and white one? No, that was Cuaron. Roma? Roma was Cuaron. Oh, that's right. You're thinking about like a different Latino director. They all look similar to me. <laughs> you don't even know how they look. I'm pretty sure that you couldn't recognize them. This is not Guillermo del Toro, by the way. Just making sure. Aren't all three of those men the same? Oh, yeah, they're the same person, you know, they use pseudonyms, you know, and just costumes. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> that's pretty bad. I was wondering if you were going to be like just saying something about Roma, but not in the context of they're the same director. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to seeing this if time allows. Otherwise, we will watch the Funky Man that I also really like. Cool. Uh, anything else to say to our audience? Nothing about the movie. <laughs> Nothing at all. Uh, and anything else about life in general? Just wash your hands. Yeah. Right. Bye.